The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. I am Opal Singleton. I am the host of your show, and we are going to have a truly complex show today. We often get into some really tough subjects. As you know, we've taken on all kinds of things like sextortion and child pornography. I can't think of anything more more revolting than child pornography, but we must take this on if we are going to make a difference. And today's show is a show that is near and dear to my heart, but it's quite complicated. Uh, I'm not here in any way, shape, or form to have you come to any particular conclusion today. Sometimes I do, you know, reach out and say, join with me, let's take this on. But the purpose of my show today is to get you to think about this. Because we live in, by far, one of the most complex times in all of history. I doubt seriously if there's been a more complex time. Now, certainly there have been more violent times. There were the Dark Ages, and there have been horrific wars like World War One and World War Two, where nothing was really clear and, and like that. So, you know, this isn't the only complex time. But the time that we're living in right now is a little bit like trying to understand how to hold on to jello. Uh, and nothing is really, really clear in this. What I want to talk about is the long term effects of the rule of law in combating sex crimes and sex exploitation. Um, because there's multiple aspects of what is going on. You know, I think each and every one of us can agree here in America, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, a Libertarian, or, you know, a Martian. I don't, I, this isn't a political show, and I'm not here for a political statement. I want to value each and every one of you and where you come from. But, you know, certainly there's a great deal of infighting, infighting within our capital in Washington, D.C., and infighting in our capital in in Sacramento. This is a worldwide show. It goes all out around the world, and I, I want you to know that uh, we're watching the unrest in Cambodia, the unrest in Korea, the unrest that's going on even in Nigeria and even some in India, and and a, certainly a, a complete change of the political landscape in Europe. And uh, I do look at global human trafficking cases and what is going on in Europe uh, because of all the intermix of culture and migration and the amount of human exploitation that is taking place. Believe me, over here, at least those of us who care, we're seeing it. And I want you to know that we do see it. We do pray about it. We are concerned about it. And um, you say to yourself, where is this going to go? Well, the reason I want to talk about the long-term effects of the rule of law is that we have been experiencing over the past well, actually, if you include immigration the past many years, a complete breakdown in the intent of the rule of law. 
You see, I believe that the United States is a major superpower because we invoked the rule of law early on. We have the U.S. Constitution. We have we the people. We vote. We have order. But the thing that made it the most significant difference between the U.S. and many countries around the world is that in the early 20s and 30s, our government took on mafia, took on cartels, and they began to, you know, do what they needed to do to get the guys and, you know, get their hands out of the system. Now, I'm not going to tell you where Pierre by any means I, I see, whether you're watching Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or, you know, what you're watching. I can tell you there ain't nothing pure going on anywhere. <laughs> so we might as well get that on the table, okay? But what I want to share with you is what happens when we start making these laws and when we have a breakdown of the rule of law. And the reason why this is such a timely issue for me is because there are new laws before Congress that people are celebrating and others are pushing back. And it has to do with sex trafficking laws. And I want to take a look in this show. I want to, I want to, if I can get to all of it, I want to talk about this special law that is starting to go through. I think it's um, uh, U.S. 3013, I think it is, something like that. Uh, the Justice for, for Victims of Trafficking Act of 2015 is, is what I'm going to be referring to. But I also want to talk about a California law, SB uh, 1322. And I also want to talk about Proposition 4757, because you know that we're, we're fighting that. And if I have time, I really want to get into the long-term effects of what has happened with the immigration law. Because each and every one of those laws, there were good politicians, if there's such a thing, that meant well, that came together with a group of activists who meant well, and tried to change the world by legislating in a particular activity. And so I really want to get into it. The other thing that happened this week, let me get on, I have stacks of research material, I have to forgive me, but I saw a headline that said, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's net worth plunges $5 billion on Facebook data controversy. And it's an interesting thing. Now, this gets really quite complex. I don't know if we're prepared for everybody to understand what has happened here. But in essence, what happened is is that at some time when, um, as you know, there's an entire war going on of trying to destroy Donald Trump, or depends on whether you're a Democrat or Republican, trying to get him for his evil acts or destroy him for if you believe that he's not evil. I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not gonna be in I don't I'm not gonna put a dog in that fight, <laughs> as they say down south. Anyway, what I do know is that what the big ruckus is about is being used to motivate our young people to act in a certain way that is based on dishonesty. And that is what is happening with so many of these rules. What is happening here is that um, literally Donald Trump's group uh, hired a bit of political analysts. They went out and they gathered up data everywhere they can. Uh, Quite frankly, so does Hillary Clinton, but nobody mentions that. 
all political candidates, especially when you get to the top, how do you think they go through a billion bucks when they're running for office? They're mining data everywhere they can get it. And though they're telling you that they didn't really mean to, Facebook is selling that data everywhere you can. This is the reason why I caution all of you on this. You know, not only do they mine the data, but the data gets hacked and sold. Many of you who have followed me for a long time, I can tell you that literally uh, about two weeks before the election, maybe it was probably more like a month before the election in 2016, as many of you know, I studied the dark web. And um, I don't go in those nasty places, trust me, but I, you know, from an academic point of view, I do study that. And in that case, all of a sudden, I saw 187 million voter names for sale. This was long before Donald Trump even became a serious player. This was 187 million names, and they already knew if you were a Democrat or Republican, if you were male or female, if you were for abortion or against abortion, if you were for guns, against abortion. Guns. Um, they knew your name, your age. I can't remember all of it. And all of it was for sale. And I thought at the time, holy cow, who's that? There's only 350 million people in America. How do you have 187 million voters? Well, a couple of days later, it came out that the DNC had been hacked. Now, there's no need, excuse me, there's no need to get that information, to hack into that information if it isn't there. So what we know is before even Donald Trump became a future leader, the DNC had been gathering that very same data, and it was hacked, and it was for sale. So the first thing I would say is, how do you get to truth and honesty? And, I, and I've been saying this for some time. This is important as we build this next generation on how to protect people in sex crimes. Because how do you get the truth? You have one whole group over here wiping out a man's net worth, not a man that I'm particularly fond of, so I guess I don't care. But, you know, I'm talking about the principle of the matter, that the fact that the public is so naive as to actually go out and get the hashtag. I forgot what the hashtag is. It's gone out here where they're demanding that he... They, they put him out of business. Well, there might be some reasons to put him out of business, but, you know, it isn't that particular event. My point is that is the way of the future. You're, you know, all the time that Zuckerberg and all of the people from Facebook and Google are on Capitol Hill t- fighting against the Justice for Victims of Trafficking Act, they are taking your every search, your every location, your every... Uh, click and they are selling it out and they are selling it to Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians and Russians. Anybody who will buy. Remember, Facebook is not just an American corporation. I seem to have a frog in my throat. Excuse me. Anyway, Facebook is not an American corporation. Facebook is a global corporation, and this is happening all around the world. And it is because of that we are not going to be able to regulate this and put this genie back in the box. What we have to do is adjust our behavior to understanding and teaching this global generation of young people going on the Internet to understand their every click, their every search, their every input is public property. 
and they need to understand it. We cannot just regulate against it. It is not going to stop it. The global network is called the World Wide Web, and when you go on there, your information is going to be sold, and it's going to be used in ways you never thought possible. And so while we see all of this fight going on on Capitol Hill, and not against all the fight, but the thing that's missing here is this elephant in the room who is training this next generation on the reality of social media, that you can't look at something and believe it to be true because Every time it goes out there, there is no truth in social media. We That's what we need in a billboard is there is no truth if it's from social media. We are past that generation. And so one of the challenges here in this enforcing the rule of law is that it's going to affect one group or another group, but it's going to harm other groups. And I really want to get into that in the next section. This is a complex subject, but I appreciate it. If you would like to write to me at opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, million kids. That is because more than a million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world, and that is why we run this show, so we can combat human trafficking. My name is Opal Singleton. The show is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. 
If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back. I appreciate the time to talk to you today. I appreciate each and every one of you who follow us, that come alongside of us, that share this show. I get the statistics. I see that you're listening. I get the emails. And I so much appreciate each and every one of you that take the time to email me. As they said, you can do that at opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. And I hope that you follow us on Facebook. That is, just go to Facebook, our buddy Zuckerberg there, and uh, follow me and kids. I'm not a fan of Facebook per se. I'm not even on my own Facebook. I understand I have a bunch of followers, but you'll never see me on there. Anyway, uh, I don't really care about that. But we do have an amazing Facebook uh, that we operated. It's operated by Susie Carpenter, and she's just simply the best in the business. And she gives you new information every three or four hours on these subjects. So I hope that you do follow us, and I hope that you'll reach out because this is a controversial subject, and I do care about other opinions. So I just want to make myself clear where I'm going with this because we're talking about the long term effects of the rule of law in fighting sex crimes. And what I have seen, and I have been in this business now almost 10 years here in the U.S., my heck, I always say I used to look like the person on the back of my book. i got to get a new photograph, but I keep losing, thinking I'm going to lose 15 pounds. <laughs> there you go. Maybe you'll never get a new photo. <laughs> anyway, I followed this for almost 10 years, and what I see is a group of activists, and you know, I'm not against them. I'm for them. I, I think that it is important that they make the effort to change the laws to protect the victim, but also these laws need to be done in such a way that it helps law enforcement. And the trend that I have seen here is so many of these laws are based on the victim, but there isn't much lobbying going on to support law enforcement. And that's a concern of mine, and that is a concern for the Justice for Victims of Trafficking Act, because it, all of the money, and there isn't a whole lot in here, What what is going on in this law, and it has passed the House, by the way, on the Capitol Hill, but it hasn't passed the Senate. There is a massive war going on on this subject, because you have all of your social media people up there saying, wait a minute, this this is going to have far-reaching effects. And I agree with them. I'm not saying that's bad or good. I do agree. I have seen these laws over and over have far-reaching effects long beyond anything anybody wanted. For instance, as I'm reading this just for victims of trafficking, one of the things is that there's a, a $100 assessment Uh, is the only monetary penalty that many human traffickers and predators will have to pay. But it does go to the victims. Well, okay, we're changing entire national federal law to get $100 compensation for these victims. But in the meantime, there's also some wording in the back. And all of these laws, you better get them and read them all the way through because it's that fine print that will get you. Anyway, in this case, it goes on about... um, uh, clarifying the benefits and protecting uh, offered to domestic violence, domestic victims of human trafficking. And what they're talking about is they will have a chance to seize um, some special funding that is taking place here. I'm looking for that word. I should know it by heart by now with my what I do. Um, 
They're saying basically that the domestic trafficking, they're going to create a domestic trafficking fund. And what they're going to do there is that they are going to impound the assets and they will take those assets, forfeitures, that's the word I'm looking for here, requires law enforcement officials to prioritize the use of proceeds from forfeited assets to satisfy restitution in human trafficking cases. So what they're really doing in this law is they're taking any and all monies from every case and redirecting it to the victim. Well, there's probably uh, certainly something for that. I get that. But truthfully, why isn't it also going to be redirected to law enforcement so that they can get more of these perpetrators? And you never hear that kind of thing. You know, it's like, well, law enforcement has plenty of money. No, they don't. And quite frankly, all of these cases are now technology-driven cases, and there's no funding in here so that they can get more cases. So one of the concerns I have is that they're they're backloading the pipeline. And I've seen this here in California where literally millions of dollars are going to victim services. Trust me, I am for that. Victims need services. I get that. These are some of the most violated victims in the world. But it is being done to the exclusion of law enforcement. All of these laws are focused on victims and not on getting the perpetrator. And so, therefore, what you have is a large amount of money at the end of the pipeline with very few victims that are actually being put through the pipeline because there's no money in the front to go out and make the case happen. Let me explain to you how this worked on SB 1322. That is a California law. And we had a law that said, prior to that, Proposition 35, that we could not, we law enforcement, let me clarify that, many of you may not be aware, Million Kids is the training and outreach coordinator for the Riverside County Sheriff Department, Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force that is operated by the Riverside County Sheriff Department through a Department of Justice grant. So I report to the J- Department of Justice and uh, through the Riverside County Sheriff grant. And so what you see there in that case is Proposition 35 said we could not arrest a victim. And quite frankly, of course, I'm prejudiced. I believe we work with the best task force in America. There are seven men and women who go out in the middle of the night going after some of the nastiest creeps, (laughs) clean up my language, that you ever saw. And these are some nasty people, people who sell other people's bodies, especially when that body's a child's body. It doesn't get any nastier than that. And these people are willing to go up some of the worst gangs that you and I'd never go up against. And without them, your life is going to be a lot different in Riverside County, I guarantee you. And so what was happening is all of our people care deeply about the victim and still do. And so we weren't arresting anybody, but a group of activists, who felt that some law enforcement was arresting people rather than to come out and educate and work through the exact thing went to Sacramento and passed SB 1322 and it changed the wording from we can't uh, arrest uh, anyone under the age of 18 to we can't detain them 
And this is what I mean by the long-term effects of the rule of law. Because if you can't detain them, you can't get a search warrant. If you can't get a search warrant, we can't check her phone. If we can't check her phone, think about what that means, that long-term widespread impact. You know, we would get one victim, but we could check her phone because they move in groups. Our last group had 28 victims in it. 28 victims, 22 per pimps in one case and so we could check one phone and get the names of others and begin to find them and see if we could help them we could see where they've been where they're going we could help build their case because we had rule of law chain of evidence saying okay here's her ad on back page here's her perpetrator here's where she's going here's where she's been and here's who's threatening her and here's who's buying her and we could build a case and stand beside her and get her rescued and get her judgment. We can't do that anymore. That's all gone because they thought that they would teach law enforcement a lesson and change that to we can't detain her. So this is why I say when we are building these laws, we need to understand the impact of the rule of law. Now, I am for activists. I'm one myself, okay? But I am asking people to look at the long-term effects of these various laws. Because while you may have a victory, it will be a short-learned victory, a short-term victory. Because in this case, okay, fine, we're not arresting any and we're not detaining any. But what is happening is gangs are preying on 17-year-old kids now because they know we can't touch them. And that law that really those people wanted to be able to protect that victim is going just the opposite. Because there are more 17-year-olds being violated today because we can't help them. Unless they raise their hand and come in and say, hey, I want to I want to go in your safe house. And trust me, that isn't happening often. So now what do we have? We have state subsidized safe houses that are not full by any means because we can't bring them in and talk to them. So this is what I want to do with you is just stimulate your thinking about the impact of this. on the, What is the long-term effect of this kind of uh, law that is going in there, uh, especially on Capitol Hill? Because what, what is going on is there are fights, there are millions of dollars going out in this fight. I was reading this one article, it'll be on, the, on our um, e-card, on our promotion card. It said, the new public service announcement from Mary Mazio, director of the documentary I Am Jane Doe, The film focuses on what some people call a loophole in the law, specifically Section uh, 230 of the Community Decency Act. After the documentary was released, Congress decided, so, so because reportedly Section 230 protects websites from like Backpage from being held responsible for all things posted to the site, the documentary was released and Congress decided to get involved And they passed H.R. 1865. The bill is called Allow States and Victims to Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act, or FOSTA, F-O-S-T-A. That's Frank Opal, Stacy, Tom A. Apple. And so what is happening here is that, that you're seeing this fight go on that is going to force all websites, 
all anybody that does any kind of sex advertising, that if that person ends up being violated as a result of that advertisement, they can sue that website. Now, when I first read that, I kind of got all excited. I kind of, yeah, I kind of like that. You know, we do need to allow people to have justice. However, think about the far-reaching impact of that. What you are about to see are massive multi-party lawsuits. These big public lawsuits were were literally uh, attorneys, ambulance chasers, are making billions of dollars. And in this case, the victim will be lucky if she gets 100 bucks. And in the meantime, it will change our society about who has the rights to our information and who does not and who is responsible for what's posted. So think about the white pages. If your name is in the white pages and that number leads to some ad somewhere, are we going to put them out of business? It's far reaching. We're up against that break, folks. Stay with us. We're going to be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to exploited crimes against humanity if you have a question or comment please send an email to opal at millionkids.org that's o-p-a-l at millionkids.org now back to exploited crimes against humanity here again is opal singleton 
Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about a very complex subject today, and I hope that you'll stay with me on it. What I really want to kind of take you down the path here to understand, I'm not trying to um, make a judgment about anybody that is trying to put these laws through or anybody that is fighting against them. What I am looking at here, though, is what happens when you try to legislate crimes, crimes like sex crimes, and you try to legislate humanitarianism. And I just want to for people to step back and take a look and and take some caution in their thinking. And so that's really what this is about today, um, because I think that it's very, very important to understand that so many of these laws, while they start out in one direction, you are mixing humanitarianism with politics, and that's ugly. <laughs> I don't know any other way to say that, folks. But, uh, you know, you, you have... Uh, you have activism up there, you have politics, and where there's politics, there's money, and there's power, and it gets nasty, and, you know, this never kind of turns out quite like we wanted. I want to share with you about that concept, because I want to just talk about when the rule of law doesn't get enforced. I mean, you know, we have these laws, and yet they don't get enforced, and that is why this is making this whole situation of human exploitation much worse. You're not probably going to be surprised about this, but I want to go back to the case of Proposition 57. You see, uh, you may not know what that is if you're outside of California, so just let me give you a quick background. Um, In 2016, California had a real problem. We have too many prisoners. We have twice as many prisoners as just about any other state. I'm not sure if that means our cops are doing twice as good a job or we just have more bad guys. Or, uh, you know, we have a better legislative system that gets them through the system. I don't know what that means, but I can tell you we have twice as many as most people. As I understood it, we had like 280, no, excuse me, 180,000 prisoners by about 2016. And the federal government said you only have enough housing for 110 or 120,000. So you need to get, you know, 60,000 out of there. Now, before 2016, back in 2015, they tried to regulate this by coming up with Proposition um, 47. And what happened is they decided to let a bunch of them out early. And before it was through, only 2,300 got out early. But keep in mind, this is an active justice department, and we're still putting new people in. So this is kind of a crazy circle, if you think about it. We have laws. We're paying law enforcement, and our law enforcement puts their life on the line. They go out. They get these nasty guys, these nasty critters, and then some young person or middle-aged person puts their life on the line. They testify. The district attorney's office, the prosecutors spend millions of your tax sale payer dollars. They put them in prison, and we think it's done. But no, they come up with Proposition 47, and they said, okay, these guys get out early because they're nonviolent offenders. So we let out 2,300. But in the meantime, who knows how many more got put in there? They didn't stop the pipeline. Of course, if they stopped 
charging these people and arresting them, then we might as well all give up because there is no rule of law. And why on earth would anybody want to be a law enforcement officer or a district attorney or anybody else? Uh, Because, you know, if we're not going to keep them there, once we get them there, what is the purpose of all of this? So then in 2016, they came up and they said, well, we need to let out nonviolent offenders. And it kind of reminded me of Nancy Pelosi with the Obama bill. And uh, she said, and and I quote, you know, well, I don't have it perfect, but she said something like, you know, you're going to have to vote for the bill to see what's in it. Well, that's the first problem with the rule of law, because nobody knows what they're voting for. It isn't clear. Absolutely. These guys have gotten really, really good at giving it a broad range title, and then they'll fix it according to what they want after we vote on it. And that is a breakdown in democracy. And it is not going to be helpful. I mean, if we want to have a new law, it needs to say that we can only pass laws that are very specific to one subject, very clear, and that's that. And nothing can be tacked on to it afterwards. And if it isn't defined, then it doesn't happen. Maybe we need to return to the basics, quite frankly. Anyway, and that's really a bottom line here. So what happened in that rule of law is it didn't really say what a nonviolent criminal is. And in California, the penal code determines what's nonviolent. Now, you and I watch TV. I like IDTV, Investigative Discovery. I like that show. You know, and in there, you know, we can see what violence is and isn't. So when we vote, we vote based on our image of violence. But when you vote for a law, you're voting for the law by the penal code, which most people have never read. There are only 23 violent crimes in the penal code, as it turns out, and it does not include sex trafficking. It doesn't it does not include the rape and sodomy of a child. It does not include child pornography. It doesn't include sex with a dead person. It doesn't include sex with a dog, by the way. Nobody's getting protected if you're a dog. All of those penal codes are things like murder. So already that law, the way it was written, was broad-based, and they could make it anything they wanted. So we were duped absolutely duped. I say it's the greatest dupe since the Trojan horse, (laughs) you know. And so then what happens is that, you know, last uh, fall, many of you went together and joined with me and kids, and we wrote to the Department of Corrections saying, absolutely not, no sex offenders. Jerry Brown, our governor, stood right there and said, no sex offenders. So we're trying to control sex laws based on the rule of law, and we believed And so what happened now is, most of you know that follow me and kids, uh, is that literally a a sex offender who was convicted, a felon in prison who will not give his name, the weenie, anyway, you know, an anonymous sex offender filed a lawsuit against the state of California with the Constitutional Alliance of Sex Offense Laws. They went to court. They won. Judge Ellen Sumner voted or ruled in their favor. And now California has to redefine who gets out under sex under Proposition 57? Now, Governor, and so many thousands of you have signed up with me and kids, and I thank you for that. 
for letting us. And if, if we're just about to close it out. So if you hear this broadcast and, and uh, today's date of this broadcast is uh, March 22nd, we'll probably close it out by the end of the month. We are going to send all of those names and that letter to Governor Brown. So if you will go to meandkids.org and give us your name, sign that petition. I'd appreciate it if you'd give us a donation because it costs a lot of money to promote this. We are going to send to Governor Brown to say absolutely no sex offenders because this is a breakdown in the rule of law. We had the law. But now it's not defined. So you have laws that get in, in place that have unintended consequences, like the, like the uh, social media laws I'm talking about. And then you have laws that just don't get enforced, or they have uh, non-defined situations in them. And whenever you have the breakdown of the rule of law, you really have a problem. Now, Governor Brown has said that he's going to allow the appeal of that ruling. But, you know, for those of you who don't live in California, I'm going to tell you, if it gets to the Ninth Circuit Court, we're all cooked. We're all turkeys. It's over because they approve all kinds of craziness that do no good to the average American citizen. So why I share all that with you is because as we look at these rules, at these rules of laws, we look at this legislation, it is important that we create legislation that protects victims, but it's also important that we create legislation that helps bring justice. You know, getting $100 is not going to bring justice to a victim. What we need is a rule of law that will allow us to go out and find the bad guy and be able to get a search warrant and go into social media and get the data to be able to find it and be able to bring in victims and assist them. You know, this is this is really where I'm coming from that I just want you to consider uh, on there is what is really happening here. Getting a law through is not necessarily a victory. And in fact, in SB 1322, I consider it an absolute major setback. We have to understand that, number one, we need rule of law that will bring justice to people. Now, that is very, very difficult in the world of social media. The cat is out of the box, okay? It's that simple in social media. I don't believe that you're going to be able to create laws that will stop them from gathering information about you because it is the World Wide Web. And so once you start that, it is going to create all kinds of complexities in fighting crime. Let me give you an example. How do you get a search warrant? You get a search warrant for a child pornographer. You've seen some evidence that he's looking at seriously violating children, lots of them. In some cases, more than a million photographs in these. We know of two databases, three databases that have 30 million images. Some of these guys, uh, uh, Mark Sally from Glee, he had 25,000 photos. So you see those, and now you need a search warrant in order to be able to build a case. Do you know the way the law is currently laid out? That when that search warrant goes out to Facebook, that that, that perpetrator is notified that that warrant has been delivered before law enforcement gets the evidence. So how do we find those children? You know, all of this is being done on the back end. 
we need rule of law for the front end that can help us think about how do you get a search warrant for vaporware, things like uh, disappearing video, disappearing uh, messages, live streaming, that's poof, it's gone. How do you get that? How do you get uh, search warrants for virtual reality? All of this is coming down the pipeline, and I'm going to tell you that victims are being sold in those conditions. Disappearing video, where the, where the perpetrator will be notified before the victim is free. How do you think that's going to play out? We must stop and think about we are in a unique time in all of history, and I'm asking you to back up. And take a thought with me of what this should look like. I welcome your opinion. My name is Opal Singleton. It's Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. I would invite you to write to me at Opal, O-P-A-L, at Million Kids. And give me your thoughts on this because I am open to looking at this from many different directions. My goal today was just to stimulate your thinking. And it'll probably stimulate controversy. That's always interesting. People call me up all riled up, you know, (laughs) but that's okay. I value you. You guys have been with me for years and years and years, and I love you out there. So 
thank you. And thank you for all you do to keep our kids safe from predators. We must all band together. But this is a complex subject. And the purpose of this today, I thought about, you know, handling something that was a lot less controversial. But I really want you to think about all this because what this rule of law that's coming out right now is against, specifically against Proposition 57. Excuse me, not Proposition 57, against Backpage. And um, it's an interesting thing. Uh, I had a gentleman yesterday who I highly value in our community ask me, what do you think about this fight against Backpage? And you all may be surprised at this. I've been on kind of a multi-year journey about Backpage. And so I, I just want to give you multiple perspectives. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Backpage is one of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sites where sex is being sold, okay? It it looks like Craigslist, and Craigslist did it for a long time. Then, then they were kind of pressured to go out of business as far as their sex ads went. But then, you know, when they saw Backpage getting away with it, they went back in the business. You make billions and billions and billions of dollars, okay? And literally what Backpage is is a, a classified ad. It'll is Supposedly it is men dating women or women dating men. Well, it doesn't take long to click on one of those sites and you, you go, nobody's dating anybody here. <laughs> you know? Besides the girl doesn't even have a head in the photo, you know? I mean, this is very blatant selling sex, okay? And I have been aware of Backpage for probably seven years now and have done a lot of work on Backpage. I go on Backpage myself because I help parents find missing kids. And, you know, there's nothing more heartbreaking than a parent who thinks their child is being sold for sex out there by some worthless, god-awful pimp. And so that is one of the services that I offer is I go on Backpage. Now, I've always said Backpage is no worse than a Carl's Jr. ad. It, you know, they're not highly pornographic. They don't get into some of the really significant kinds of pornography that many of these sites get into. I personally do not go on any of the really pornographic sites. I'm just too old for my brain to be going there, okay? Besides that, I just I think that pornography is degrading. I think that it's uh, not healthy. It's not helpful. And I think that many, many lives have been destroyed, both, both people making pornography and people viewing it. And I believe that many marriages have been destroyed over pornography. So I do not go there. However, I do go on Backpage because in the early days, up until about two years ago, Backpage was a great friend of law enforcement, okay, before all the activists took them on. And I'm sharing this with you from the concept of rule of law and how to get justice for victims. What was happening is that we would get a victim and she would want to come out of the life. And she goes, but I, you know, I'm, I'm being quote unquote prostituted. How do I establish my case? And we would go to Backpage, and even without warrants in the old days, they would go, okay, give us her name. And she'd say, I think my name was, and I was at this location, and they were selling me in this town under this name. And they would come up with all of her ads and, and who paid for them and like that. And she could build a case, and we could go in and get that perpetrator 
and get justice, okay? And they cooperated. Well, then people began to take them on and try to put them out of business. The other advantage, and by the way, I'm not defending Backpage in any way, shape, or form. You may think I am, but I am not. But I will say it helped us get justice for the victim. Backpage is the electronic electronic auctioning of our people's bodies, and sometimes it's kids. I spend almost every day I flip through Backpage in our area because I want to support my law enforcement and I want to see who's on there that might be looking young or who might be looking to be especially exploited. And, you know, I have a trained eye. I've been doing it for years. So I do that so that we can get those right up front. Now, truthfully, we have so many cases here in Riverside that we can barely keep our head above water, but it's important to take a look at that. Backpage was helpful because we can run reverse stings. And we being, you know, the Riverside County Sheriff Department, I don't run reverse stings. I support them in their reverse stings. I absolutely do. Now, I'm not here to nail some guy who wants to get happy, okay? But I am here to nail some guy who thinks he's going to do it with a 16-year-old kid. Or he thinks he's going to go out there and beat the hell out of some woman for his own pleasure, I am for that. And so because Backpage exists, it's exposed to us. But what has happened because all of these laws now is they won't cooperate. It takes a heck of a lot of legal maneuvering to get this. So the cases are, number one, it's harder to find the victim. It is harder to get a case on behalf of the victim. And quite frankly, already Backpage has opened up two sites offshore. So even if they succeed in putting them out of business here in U.S., they will continue to operate. They will just not be a U.S. company following under U.S. laws. And quite frankly, many of these porn sites are operating out of Romania and Eastern Europe and Thailand and Philippines and places where they can do that. And so, you know, it's an interesting thing when we try to regulate and rule social behavior and rule activism. It doesn't always go the way that we want it to go. I don't know what's going to happen here if this law goes through. Uh, I think what you're going to see is a huge amount of class action suits with very little money going to the victim. I see you're going to see more and more money go towards those suits and less money going to law enforcement. So I think that right now, at least, and I'm willing to change my opinion. You feel free to call me and contact me. I'll listen. But right now, I'm very concerned that the rule of law is not going to bring justice. And that concerns me. I welcome your opinion. My name is Opal Singleton. You can reach me at Facebook. You can reach me by emailing me at opal at million kids. You can share this show with everyone you know. Uh, this is all archived at exploitedcrimes.com. I think you can probably also access it at millionkids.org. But I, I want you to just think about all of this, okay? And uh, you can form your own opinions, Democrat, Republican. You know, I don't care what, what uh, political position. But what I'm looking at here is how do we prepare our laws for the next generation to be able to protect them? This is a generation of kids that will be on the Internet able to reach over 5 billion people. And we must figure out ways to educate them to keep themselves safe so they won't become victims. If you want to come along with me on that journey... 
follow us on millionkids.org or write to me and I'd appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please share this show with everyone you know. It is something that you can archive. You can even get an embed code and put it on your own site if you want to. Thanks again. You folks have a great week and we'll see you next Thursday. Have a great week. you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week. <laughs>